Welcome to Meet the Community Behind Fancy. Please welcome tonight's moderator, J.B. Smooth. Y'all doing good tonight? It's amazing, right? Hanging out in the Apple Store. This is absolutely amazing, man. The technology, the brainiacs that are in this building. Any brainiacs up in here? Where the brainiacs at? A lot of smart people around Apple. This place is like, just, just walk around here. Absorb all this smartness. There's a lot of smart-ass people up in here. You enjoy this. This is this absorb it like a sponge. Uh, we got some amazing. This is a panel is going to be an amazing panel today. Uh, we're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about some questions. We're going to talk about Fancy.com, uh, an amazing site that I'm addicted to right now. I'm just on it every minute. I do a show called Four Courses with JB Smooth, where uh, every season for the past four seasons, just finished a new season of Four Courses with JB Smooth. Every time. I'll do my season. I'll give everybody a fancy bag, a fancy box, a fancy gift card just to keep it going. And I love it. Let's bring out some great people, man. This is going to be so fun, y'all. I'm trying to enjoy this, man, and ride with us, man. Uh, absorb all this knowledge, man. And there's some great people doing great things, man. First, coming to this stage is my boy, man. This is my man. Uh, I love going to the office and hanging out with him at fancy.com. Good people, man. Joe, Joe Einhorn. Give a round of applause, y'all. Come on, Joe. Founder and CEO of Fancy.com. It's my man. Keep it going for the founder of Detroit Wick, Doug Swartz, y'all. Come on, Dougie. We call him Dougie Fresh, y'all. Yeah, I know. He was looking all, looking at me, look, Ryan looking at me all crazy, man, like I ain't nothing up in here. <laughs> Digital creator, director of W Magazine, Dirk Standing, y'all. Come on, Dirk. We call him Big D. And he a big dude, man. You want some of that, Ryan? You want some of that? You want some of that? You want some of that? No, right? I thought not, brother. And keep it going. Now, this right here, uh, you know, it's eye candy. But also very, very talented model, actress, blurred lines, video. You know how we go down. The movie going, girl. Keep it going for Emily Rata. I call her Rata, Rata, Rata. I know y'all looking at my shoes saying, JB, there's some bad ass shoes, JB. I know, I know. Look at that. That piece of black candy. It's black licorice right there. That's why I call these shoes black licorice. Uh, it's a great panel, y'all. Keep it going for this panel one more time. Uh, so I was just telling everybody how much I use Fancy and how much I'm a big fan of Fancy.com and how much I use you guys a lot. I call you guys almost every month for Thank big so orders. Much. Pretty big so damn orders. Yeah. And you throw me a bone once in a while with a free gift card. I'll give it to you. Okay, okay. We have not crossed the $1,000 mark as of yet. We're going to sort it out after this. A few $300 and a few fives and no $1,000 gift cards as of yet. So I'm hoping this after tonight we'll uh, just nip that in the butt. We, we definitely will. <laughs> uh, this is great. Uh, so let's dive into this right now. Let's dive with a little bit of Joe. Let Joe can tell you guys what's going on over at Fancy.com, one of my new hangouts. And maybe, may, who, who knows, maybe I'll let one of you guys hang out with me one day when I go over there and visit my man in his cool-ass office, and we'll see what happens. Come on, Joe. Thank you so much, JB. Thank you all for coming. Um, so this, I want to tell you guys that this particular location um, has some 
important significance for our for our company, which is um, I grew up in the city. I grew up downtown, and this place used to be a post office. Uh, the downtown Soho post office and I had some friends, I don't know if they're here, but we used to do a business of buying and selling and trading stuff on eBay uh, when we were teenagers. And I remember when this store opened up and um, it, it went from being the post office to being restoration hardware and that was the coolest store in the world. And then this ended up being the first Apple store in New York, which was incredible. It was, it was really awesome. And uh, it, was, it was a big inspiration for me. And what we wanted to do is try to make the most incredible store like this Apple store, but online. And um, we kind of set out on that journey. And, and the way we went about doing it is we, we created a social network uh, where the focus of the content was around stuff you could buy, around products. And I guess the trick of our thing was that we tried to get a buy button into all the posts. And um, I'll give you guys just a quick run through. I was going to just run through the app and refresh everybody about um, some of the capabilities. Hang on. Some people are text messaging me. Hopefully that doesn't show up on here. Some of you here are text messaging me about Emily. But um, the idea is that all of the um, content is put in by the crowd. And whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, uh, we ship everywhere. We ship to uh, the Middle East and we ship to uh, Africa, Europe, Asia. Uh, you're seeing all of uh, the coolest products as selected by the crowd, and you're able to buy it all in one place. And some of the newer stuff going on, these, uh, these different shop pages. We did a project with uh, Sean, the creator of Tinder, where we got into this view here, where you can sort of quickly swipe through uh, different products to buy. And uh, most recently, we put in this activity feed so you can keep track of uh, the people you follow, your friends, and uh, the stores and people and products that they're fancying and ultimately buying. So definitely, um, please check that out. And uh, of course, you have your profile. Those are my kids. <laughs> and um, the idea is this is a really interesting dimension into my personality. Twitter is sort of, what am I doing? And Instagram is these incredible images. These are uh, the products that I really want to have in my life. So um, this is kind of our version of what the what this amazing store, what the most amazing store might work online. And um, uh, being an early adopter on Apple, on, on the iPhone, it brought us three kind of ma major things. The first thing is that it gave us a really killer use case because um, the, to make the best shop in the world, uh, a PC on the web, it was kind of, it wasn't the killer experience. So the iPhone experience was incredible. But then the, um, the second thing is the exposure that we got through the App Store. It kind of introduced us to this incredible clientele. Apple's, Apple's clientele around the world is fantastic. Uh, people all, all over the world in Mexico and uh, in the Middle East uh, got exposed to our company and started working with us. And then um, the activated spenders, this is really important. We have customers across many different platforms, but uh, the, the majority of the spending going on with our company is uh, happening on the iPhone and on iOS in general. So, um, and of, you know, we were an early adopter for the iPad as well, and because our system is uh, visually very rich, we got a lot of benefits out of the iPad as well. I just wanted to show it here. So. We built this social network with the buy button, and um, 
people all around the world started buying stuff from us, and we uh, kind of went into a wacky business. Um, and I, some of my colleagues are here, we all remember. We got into um, logistics and shipping, uh, and, the, and the reason was for we wanted to close the loop for the customer experience, Ryan which is that uh, people would see the coolest stuff that they wanted to buy, uh, and we wanted to, they wanted to buy it, and we wanted to get it to them as fast as possible. Um, so we got into the business of packing the boxes and shipping them ourselves, which was a very wacky thing to do. Um, so as a result, um, we started building something else on iOS, which I want to show you guys, which it's our, our merchant platform. We spent a bunch of time getting out of the shipping and logistics business and getting uh, more into the platform business. And the idea is that uh, we created these tools for uh, third-party brands and merchants using the iPhone to run their whole business um, and inventory management, uh, order management, customer management, and handle everything uh, from the iPhone. And we're really excited about how that turned out because we're able to uh, get out of the very complicated logistics business and focus on being a technology company and being a pure marketplace. So just to give you guys a sense, this app is called Fancy Seller. And some of the people here could tell you more about it. They use it. But the idea is that you can keep track of your orders. You can do your entire inventory management from, uh, from the iPhone. Uh, you can keep track of all your customers, which I don't want to get too deep into here. But um, this was an this is a game changer for our company, and this is relatively new for us, but has been incredibly powerful for us. So I wanted to make you guys uh, aware of that. And then um, just a last little stuff I wanted to share with you guys. So very recently, we were an early adopter on Apple Pay, and this is something that everyone should be thinking a lot about, which is, um, look, I don't know how many of you guys have gotten into using it, but for us, uh, people who have Apple Pay are are spending are spending more money with us, um, and they're shopping with us more frequently. And uh, Apple Pay is already you know over a quarter of our iOS business is all happening on Apple Pay. The most important thing I want to tell you guys to think about whatever you're thinking about doing with your businesses is we've had no fraud, zero fraud on Apple Pay. So we'll see where this goes because right now it's only in the USA, and we just launched in the United Kingdom. But with a company like ours, where we uh, have expensive products and we ship everywhere in the world, we deal with an incredible amount of fraud. Um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy, wacky journey with fraud. So to have a system, I think it has to do with the fingerprint and uh, some of the other stuff that goes into Apple Pay. But we're incredibly excited because we can spend less time trying to figure out how to catch the credit card um, schemes and focus more on building great stuff uh, for you all. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, this is important. So we made two Apple Watch apps. Um, one is the regular fancy experience on the watch, which we're figuring out, whoops. And um, the other one uh, is our productivity app, again, for our sellers. The idea that I can get little notifications on the watch when orders come in or my inventory is running low has been incredibly powerful for us. So um, we're very excited to be an early partner on this platform as well. And so in summary, I, what I wanted you guys to be thinking about is we, with our company, we have the most incredible selection, like the coolest stuff in the world. I believe besides the Apple Store, uh, we have the best selection across categories and brands and price points. 
um, the, the most unbelievable community. Some of the, I'm seeing some of the people here who I recognize, some of you who I haven't met, who I wanted to meet. And um, uh, just the most unique merchants. And the, what we were going to do at this event was give you guys, you know, what the story with Fancy and Apple has been, um, Apple has given us this incredible platform and we've been able to give exposure to all these great brands and um, uh, designers to, to get their stuff in front of this, this cool clientele, this cool global clientele. And um, what we wanted to do here tonight was introduce you to some of these people. And so the idea is that um, Doug is this incredible um, merchant on our platform that I wanted you guys to hear about because uh, he really impressed me. And then um, Dirk is this really fancy uh, fashion editor who we've been learning a lot from. And then Emily is this fantastic tastemaker, new customer and user of ours who um, has, be, you know, has been giving us incredible insights as well. So um, with that, I'll, if it's okay with you, JB, I wanted to introduce you guys to Doug. His company is Detroit Wick. Is that okay? That's fine. And um, I'll let you guys get to know Doug a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. So I'll give you a little bit of background on myself. I'm born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I've been in the retail space for about 10 years. Um, I launched Detroit WIC just over a year and a half ago. Um, really what started with recycling glass and creating uh, premium candles from vintage pop bottles all the way up to high-end champagne bottles has really turned into more of a scent branding company. Um, about two years ago, uh, we threw an event at my store. I had empty bottles in my garage in the recycling bin, tripped over it. There was a broken Grey Goose bottle um, in that mix. As I stared down at it, um, I thought to myself, what a cool vessel this would be to create candles from. The only problem was I had no idea how to make candles. So I jumped on the computer, researched how to create scent, um, you know, watched countless videos of little old ladies pouring candles, and I basically taught myself how to, how to create um, really good smelling candles. So you know, what started in the kitchen really has evolved into um, a scent branding company with a boutique manufacturing space that we just um, locked in. It's in downtown Detroit, Eastern Market, that's going to open this fall. So, I mean, it's really come, you know, a long way in a short period of time. And, uh, you know, the fancy platform has been incredible for us. You know, we do not only candles, but we create, you know, room sprays, incense, diffusers, and uh, it's been a great way on Fancy to connect, you know, not only nationally but globally. Um, it's, it's been incredible for that. Um, our main focus now really is not just making candles, but, you know, connecting company and customer through, you know, the most powerful sense, which is smell. And we do that through collaboration, brand activations, private labeling for companies, and, uh, you know, VIP gifting for events. Um, you know, just about a year ago, uh, an NBA player posted a product on Fancy, and it's been really wild ever since. Um, you know, not only have I been, have, you know, really the ability to sell, you know, all over the world, but connect with people, 
and you know introduce new product to the marketplace. So you know the fanciest team, the fancy team has been incredible for me, and uh, for that I'm super appreciative. So thanks for listening. Very cool. <laughs> I'm up. Yeah, you're up. <laughs> okay. You're up, brother. <laughs> so, um, I think I was actually the first ever user of the Fancy. Is that true, Joe? <laughs> Not quite. Maybe I was like number 15 or something. But uh, you're you're one of the first users. That's right. I um, why well, uh, there was an article in uh, it was TechCrunch or one of those places, and it was about this crazy kid called Joe who was about 12 years old at the time and who was cataloging every single object in the world for the internet or something like that. Um, and as part of that, he was launching uh, this site called thefancy.com, like the Facebook. It's now just fancy, but then it was thefancy.com. So um, I just thought this sounded very cool and I checked it out. And you know this idea of curating the objects that you love seemed very powerful to me. Um, you know, I got my son on the platform. He's here tonight. I got my friends on there. I mentioned it to Kanye West. Joe wants me to tell the yeah. story about that, but I'm not going to do that uh, <laughs> do <it>? here. But <laughs> anyway, you know, I, I was a re I sort of really evangelized <laughs> for this product because I thought it was so cool. Um, in fact, I was at the uh, you know I was editor in chief of Style.com, and um, uh, I guess Joe, sort of violating the privacy of his users, kind of figured out who I was, and he wrote to me, and uh, so we got to know each other, and um, you know I really wanted to somehow find a way to use the fancy as a sort of community component on style.com because I thought it could have been a really powerful way uh, to, to do community on style.com, which we hadn't really figured out. I couldn't persuade my bosses at the time to do that, but, you know, we've always kept in touch and, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, a big fan of Joe and of fancy.com. Um, he wanted me to talk a little bit about uh, the future of fashion and shopping. Um, you know, I, I did a long interview series on, on style.com called The Future of Fashion, and I spoke to, you know, everyone from Eddie Slimane to, to Kanye, uh, you know, to Ralph Lauren, you know, the, the list goes on. And I think what's really interesting, um, and maybe for you guys in the audience, an opportunity is, um, you know, everyone in the industry is sort of thinks there's this disruption going on, but if you look at it, and I'm talking about um, very high-end luxury fashion now, I actually don't think it's been disrupted at all. If, if you look at the way, um, you know, the, the digital uh, has kind of completely devastated newspapers, is starting to make inroads into magazines, that hasn't really happened in fashion. Uh, you know, you still have runway shows. In fact, you have more runway shows than ever. You, you know, you uh, luxury fashion companies are still making bucket loads of money. You know, okay, economic slowdown in China affects them a bit, but overall, you know, their revenues haven't been affected in any way by digital. Um, and even if you look at sort of e-commerce, and you look at something like Net-A-Porte and you know, that, how successful that's been, obviously, in terms of building a brand. But it hasn't really replaced um, you know, department stores or physical stores or uh, 
you know, or luxury uh, companies, it, it, you know, and I think that's kind of interesting. Um, like I do 90% of my shopping, I would say, online, and so I think, oh, well, everybody in the world must do that, but in fact, I think if you speak to any of the luxury companies, they'll tell you only 10% of their business is online, you know, they say 50% of people research a purchase online, but still 90% of purchases are in store. So the system hasn't really changed. And you know, I think that is really interesting to me. I think if you think of what Uber is doing in that industry and is kind of threatening to kind of make a whole part of that industry obsolete, I don't think we've seen that yet in the fashion shopping space. So I think that's an incredible opportunity for anyone out there who, who wants to create an app. And you know, I, I think obviously, Someone like Joe with Fancy.com is, you know, really um, doing something interesting that could disrupt that system. But so, you know, I would say the the, the opportunity is still out there and, and and it's huge. So, Emily, thank you so much. Yeah. Great. Let's go, to Emily. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, thanks for coming out. Uh, I feel like going last is a really big decision but yeah. <laughs> um so uh i'm new to fancy um but i think i want to talk about it in two different ways first as just a consumer someone who likes to shop and uses pinterest and instagram and twitter um and then second about sort of uh branding and um kind of being a public figure and how you can use this as an instrument so first i guess um you know, the reason I like Fancy is because it's like all the platforms combined. So you have sort of the personalization of having a page where you get to choose, you know, like a very cute, adorable picture of your kids. Um, and uh, then also you get to choose your products just like you would if you're looking on style.com or um, you're shopping on barneys.com or anything where you kind of create a shopping cart. But also you get to pick really beautiful pictures from future trips that you might want to take to Bali, which I've definitely been doing recently. Um, and, uh, and then you get to, you know, sort of craft this image while also purchasing things, which I think is really cool. Um, and I don't think Pinterest or Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook, none of those things, they each do one part of that, but not everything in entirety. Um, so secondly, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, for me, um, uh, coming from the Blurred Lines video and being a model and then, um, you know, having my first breakthrough film in Gone Girl with David Fincher, I think that there's all kinds of weird mixed messages to people and to my fans about who I really am. And um, that's something that social media has been really helpful in you know, aiding, kind of letting people into my world and showing them all the different sides of me, whether it be the modeling or the acting or um, my taste in ceramics or furniture. Um, and I think that fancy is a really great extension of that. Um, so people can look at my page and say, oh, so these are the kind of shoes that she wants to buy, but also like here's this weird movie poster from Some Like It Hot that um, I would never expect her to like, but she's added to her page. Um, so I think it's a really great way to sort of connect to people um, without just having to create contact, but instead sort of like having that 
um, board in your room or the, you know, clippings from magazines that you've pasted up on the wall as a teenager and letting like the whole world see that, which I think is really neat. Um, and then also as an actress, you know, I have a movie coming out this month called We Are Your Friends. And um, I think, you know, we're going on a month long press tour and there's gonna be lots of premieres and interviews and all that kinds of stuff. Um, but it's really cool that once the movie hits theaters, I'll still be able to be posting things on Fancy and eventually even posting the link to the DVD, which then you can buy on iTunes and watch and stream on your computer right then and there. Um, so I think it's a really great marketing tool on a lot of different ways and also just really fun to use as someone if you just wanted to shop and sort of create your dream list of things you want to buy or travel to or just things you like. So there you go. Yes. Truly love what's going on in Fancy. Uh, is anybody in the room who's not on Fancy right now? Is anybody not on Fancy? Raise your hand, please. Raise your hand right now if you're not on Fancy. Wow, okay, it's not that many, so a lot of folks either are not raising their hand, or a lot of people in this room are big, big fans of Fancy. If you are a big, big fan of Fancy, put your hands together right now. Where are the Fancy people at? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, because I'm, I'm really caught up in what, what Joe's doing over there, and um, we talk all the time about uh, how can I expand what I'm doing as a comedian, as an actor, uh, to be a part of what he's doing? And I think it, we work hand in hand in some ways. When I first met, um, I met Joe through Billy, who used to work at a radio station, who ends up working for Joe. So it's like that thing where um, we start to network with each other and we start to expand uh, from the inside out. So when I met Joe, I found out we kind of lived in the same neighborhood. We kind of had the same interest. You know what I mean? And once uh, I got my first fancy box, I went crazy. I said, who is this? Who is doing this amazing uh, platform? Next thing you know, I go online, and I got over, what, you sent me like 50,000 followers that, just that same day. I just see this thing, beep, 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 beep. I said, wow. You know, that's more followers than I had when I first got on Twitter. You know what I mean? So I see what the power of fancy is, and I love what he's doing. I, um, I want to help. Uh, I want him to help me, basically. Uh, uh, become a presence at Fancy, um, whether it's by digital work, uh, do funny videos, some cool stuff. We talk about all this stuff all the time. And this is only, uh, I think it's an amazing platform, not just because uh, Joe has a, uh, he, he's, he has a, a unique way of applying what he does. And I think everyone on this panel can agree that being a part of this is beneficial, not just to your businesses, not just to your careers, but to what is happening right now on social media. This is a whole different avenue right here. This, he's combined three or four different things into one site, which is unique. You know, you can communicate with people, you can buy, you can suggest, you can uh, take advice, you can do all these different things on Fancy, and I love that uh, the folks that I deal with on Fancy, uh, I love to connect with them, I love that they love what I love, and I love to be a, uh, in, a, in a position where I can say I love these shoes, and, so, and I can talk shoes with somebody. We could chat back and forth and talk about the shoes I just picked out. You know, why would JB love those shoes? And I got to explain, type it in, why I love these shoes or why I love that watch. And, um, you know, one thing, one thing I didn't mention uh, when I was running through the app is <laughs> in the most recent version of the, of the app, 
we now allow messaging between the users. So some of the stuff he's talking about, um, you're able to um, see, see, I think probably my favorite part about this whole project is, and something that Emily and JB both were getting at is this idea of um, self, this doing self-expression around this different kind of dimension of your personality, which is um, sort of like finding common ground with people um, that you probably wouldn't find on um, in, in these other social networks that we're familiar with. So when he was talking about this social network around shoes and his ability to engage with folks, uh, you know, publicly uh, as well as now privately with the messaging in the app, I think is really interesting and really powerful. And um, it's a it's kind of a theme that we've been talking about a bunch in the office, which is um, giving. Um, people who are the creators of these fantastic products like Doug, um, the ability to um, have these social networks pop up around their, the, uh, these people who are really passionate around the stuff um, that he's building with his hands in Detroit, which is, which is what happened with us. The NBA player he's talking about put it online. I saw it and I said, this is a, you know, the coolest thing in the world. And I did get in touch with him. And that's something that sort of like a common thing that we've been doing with the company is um, trying to enable these creators of incredible products across disciplines to um, reach people that didn't even know that they exist, um, which is, I think, the sort of as close as we can come to putting together something like this Apple store online um, and being able to do it in a global way. Apple has uh, stores all around the world. We have our app that's in 40-something languages, and we ship all around the world. And then we find fantastic merchants. I was looking, Emily ordered uh, a pair of boots yesterday from a, a merchant in Italy. Or like I was looking today at one of Doug's orders um, for something that um, we didn't even feature yet, which um, he had this new artwork that he made that I would love if you wanted to explain it to them, but I always think it's interesting when um, some people somehow uh, find his shop page through, you know, they're either looking at some people who they f find interesting and then they dig in and get into, um, end up at his shop page, or um, that some of our recommendation stuff is driving them there. But um, he had a brand new artwork that he just set for sale, which, I only noticed it because it was expensive and also it was very, visually it was very interesting looking. And um, to see somebody buy it uh, a few hours ago without it getting much promotion was, was really stunning to me and it made me think that uh, this is kind of a scalable platform that uh, could benefit a lot of people. I don't know if you want to tell them about that artwork yeah, at all. Sure. So we, um, we partnered with a company called the Caliber Collection. And what that is is um, we get illegal guns that are either taken from crime scenes or through buyback programs um, around the country. And those uh, illegal guns are then shredded, um, made inoperable, and they get shipped to me. And basically what I do with those is I create Lucite uh, sculpture from those. So I put these, I encapsulate these in anything from you know, a three by three cube up to, you know, a huge, you know, 12 by 12 cube and everything in between. And, uh, and then a percentage from gross goes back to fund all these buyback programs. It's really cool. They're all one of one pieces. 
all the gun parts um, are shredded, so they're they're all mangled basically, and they just they look super dope in the in the loose site. So it's basically you know put in that style of loose site, and then we cluster them and make collections of them um, to sell. And the the one you were talking about is actually um, 50 Detroit swept casings um, from crime scenes. They all get shipped to me, and then we put it in like a huge format. So and. Um, we were just talking when we were all together back there. Something I wanted to share with you guys on this is um, just talking about fine arts in general and how um, how that world has changed so much where um, there's people who buy $100 million paintings from galleries in Chelsea and then there's young people and the way that they're consuming um, information and content today. And when I think about where fine arts might be going and I look at our platform and the, the way the products that we see on Fancy, um, everything is really beautifully designed. Um, a lot of it is high tech. And this is some of the stuff that drew me to him, some of the process that he uses to create his stuff, just his candles. When I think about his candles, it was, um, it looked amazing. You push a button at the bottom and it glows in the dark. And then it's portable, so you could take it with you anywhere and share it with your friends in real life. And um, for the most part, it's accessible in price compared to some of the fine arts that you see in a gallery that costs ton tons of money. So um, it's really interesting just to think about how um, all this, uh, you know, what, what Dirk was getting at earlier is what all this disruption is doing um, not only to uh, sort of luxury shopping, but just um, how people think about fine arts and gadgets and the convergence of like uh, design and function has been really interesting. And I could tell you like, I love Doug and we picked him because um, it was, you know, we picked him to talk with you guys here today because um, he was just uh, such an interesting uh, speaker and such an interesting story where he comes from and his whole life is very interesting. But we have thousands of merchants on our platform now who are just like Doug. And uh, it's really inspiring to see um, how this is all kind of coming together. And, and the best part about it is those same people who um, are involved in the fine arts, the biggest collectors of art and uh, people who are in that industry and stuff, are, uh, they're all on the other side of fancy. So I always like to think about it as um, we have the coolest selection of products in the world and Emily was talking about these other ways that you can spend money the, um, is um, you can um, find places to travel and you can book travel through us. The other thing that Emily was talking about, which is new that I didn't mention earlier, is we now have media on Fancy. So you can actually, um, uh, from your iPhone app, see a, a movie in the feed like she was talking about or see an album in the feed and just purchase it directly. Uh, from inside the app into iTunes, which we're really excited about. And um, it's sort of uh, this like incredible selection combined with uh, this really unique clientele, which I'm recognizing a bunch of people here that you guys are a part of that. And so we're, we're really grateful uh, for, for all of that, for all you guys. That's great. And girls. Um, we're going to go to some questions. I know everyone's probably anticipating answering some questions up here. Um, everybody's doing amazing things, man. And I love what uh, every one of you guys are doing right now. We got Joe, we got Doug, we got Dirk, and we got Emily down here. Any questions right now? We want to uh, fill some questions. Hi there. Um, 
my understanding is that you currently have an affiliate program where users can refer others, and if they make a purchase, they get uh, essentially store credit. And if, if I'm not mistaken about that, I was just wondering if there are any plans to expand that to maybe monetary commissions. Sure. Um, thanks for asking. Um, we didn't even touch on it at all today, but the, the affiliate program is, is really interesting. Um, we have a program not only for individuals, but for publishers, which could be an individual blogger or a person who's trying to share, or uh, for larger publishers. And the way it works is that um, anyone who drives a purchase on Fancy um, can get a um, percentage. So the standard, the, the rate card that we have is if somebody uses your affiliate link and uh, somebody ends up buying off that link, we'll give you uh, 10%. Uh, to your specific question of cashing in credits for dollars, we, we are doing that with um, some of the bloggers and the bigger publishers. The holdup on the individuals is we've been dealing with crazy fraud, as you can imagine. So we're starting by keeping the money in the system, and then as we understand, because we've, we've been exposed to incredible fraud. I'll talk to you afterwards. Um, I mean, to the point where it's hard to even know uh, that if, if fraud has, has occurred there, but sometimes there's a lot of money at stake. So that's the reason about cashing out. But um, some of the products that we have for bloggers and publishers and individuals are really unique. The, the main thing I would tell you is we have um, these widgets, like one line of JavaScript code where you can, um, on, on a, on a, if you publish a, like a Tumblr, like Tiesto has a, his own clublifebytiesto.com where he has a section of things that you can buy and he implements our, our buy button um, and then it um, pulls up our fancy sell-through experience but you never leave his site. Which So if somebody finishes the sell-through and ends up purchasing something off there, which happens all the time, then he would receive some... Um, some um, affiliate revenue, and uh, either way, the reader never leaves his site. So that's an area that we're just really starting to really uh, drill into and figure out how to how to scale it out. But the idea is that publishers, whether you're individuals or you're a, uh, a big publisher, are always looking for ways to um, enrich their content and enrich the stuff that they share with people. Uh, along with um, being able to retain their readers and then ultimately get some built-in monetization. So um, if you're doing an affiliate program and you want to talk about switching over to cash, I'll talk to you afterwards. We'll get you going. Very cool. Thank you. Hi. Um, I'm a startup bag company, and um, I'm a merchant to other e-commerce sites, too. Um, I just want to know, like, shipping is a horrible job, and we hate it. Um, who does... The labels. Do you do the labels or I do the labels? Let's talk about it. That, thanks for asking. So our story, when I was telling you guys the genesis of the company, so first thing is social network around products, then we put the buy button on, and then our big problem was um, smaller folks like yourselves didn't know how to deal with our oh, crazy uh, system. So we started, we would um, buy some products from you in advance and get involved in just handling everything ourselves. That was great for the customers, but it was a really tough business for us to be in because we ended up uh, with merchandise um, that we didn't know what to do with and stuff like that. So the way it works now is that seller app that I show you, 
uh, you can manage everything through there. And then because we did a big um, first party e-commerce business ourselves, we have deals with um, all you know, FedEx, UPS, all the big logistics companies around the world where we already have accounts. So you can, you, when you're managing an order and you're processing an order, you can print a label and you'll um, print a shipping label on our account. So you'll access, like on FedEx, I think it's like 75% off of retail uh, shipping price. And then we'll do, you know, we'll share in that. So um, we have different ways that we try to uh, pass the cost efficiencies back down to a smaller merchant um, like yourself. But everything is automated for the most part. If you get into the system, I could show you afterwards. If, you, if an order comes in and um, you're ready to ship it and print a shipping label, it's, it's pretty straightforward. And then um, the economics are pretty compelling compared to what you might be dealing with on your own. Hi, my name is Pamela and my question is about luxury goods. When you're buying luxury goods, I'm a huge like defender of brick and mortar because of the experience. Like you're spending tons of money and like online is not the same. You're just, it's easy, you just click and then you just wait a couple of days and your thing gets to you. But yep. so how will you like tackle that experience that brick and mortar gives? So before you give up the mic, where are you from? Colombia. Colombia. So um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but we have a, a fantastic um, international user base of our uh of our system, and so like uh, we have a big Latin American customer base, and we have a big customer base in Colombia, right? And um, who we probably met because Apple featured us in the App Store, and they clicked on our icon. So the first thing I would tell you is that international is incredibly underserved. So you seem very cool, and you're here in New York City, and you can go to uh, the you know Saint Laurent store after this if they're still open, and you can get whatever you want. But the first thing we noticed was. International is incredibly underserved, and um, the you know the idea that um, you know that you can just go into any store and buy any luxury goods that you want. Um, I don't know what's I, I don't know what your personal what's going on in your life. You might have a very special life, um, but so the first one is international is really underserved. The second one is this goes back to sort of the DNA of our product. I remember. Um, when I met Mr. Pino, who um, owns a bunch of these luxury goods companies and he invested in, in us and he's from France, one of the things we talked about is like internet has been a dirty word in, uh, in France and in luxury forever. And the idea is that they would spend so much time and money on the in-store experience of um, that, just what you talked about, about how you feel when you walk into that store. And um, they felt that everything on the internet was uh, brand degrading. To, you know, they didn't want their stuff up there. So, um, and, and the reason why he got involved in our company, what he told me was that um, we were the first thing that, first app and the only app that he's seen where um, the experience of spending time in our app was actually brand accretive or, you know, it wasn't brand accretive, it was brand accretive. And so we try to make so now you're getting into like the wiring of the app itself. And I see some of my friends here who write to me all the time about how we can improve the experience of the app itself. So it's sort of this weird combination of um, who's on there in both the community side and on the sell side. Um, the immersive images are really important. And then um, just the way that it works. And we've been getting more and more into the data of 
uh, how people use our system and understanding where they drop off in transactions like you're talking about. Here's what I'll tell you. So you're right, and we, we got to figure out and be better. Uh, but I'll also tell you, uh, we've done some incredible luxury purchases on our on fancy. Uh, we've done, you know, we have customers who spent millions of dollars with us from their iPhone on a cross between luxury goods and more um, accessible goods. And we've also done really high order amounts. We've, we've done order amount, six figure order amounts. We have first time purchasers uh, who will uh, spend tens of thousands of dollars with us on a luxury item. So we're trying to figure it out. Um, I think it gets into the wiring of how the experience works just as much as how the images look. And it's a combination of a technical feat, which we're trying to keep up with, and also some of the dynamics of the community um, that are kind of like driving some of the chemicals in your brain to get closer to the chemicals you feel when you walk in those stores. We don't know. Do you have any ideas? You can help us. <laughs> but, okay. um, I would just add to that. I think there's a huge potential for those luxury companies to work with the fancy, with fancy and with Joe and, you know, to figure that out. You know, if you think... If they're when they're dealing with Netaporte, right? You know, there's a two and a half times markup, so they're giving away half to two thirds of their profit. You know, but being on on that kind of platform, I think there's a, a real opportunity for them to work with someone like Joe, who I'm sure would give them friendlier terms. Well, and, I'll tell and you, would be, it would, you know, and it would be more immediate uh, kind of connection to the shoppers. So I think, you know, that, that, that's sort of something I know Joe wants to explore more, and I think there's a real opportunity there. Well, this is the online luxury guy, style.com, and now W, so if he says it. But the other thing is we have an incredible luxury brand that's about to launch with us that I'll tell you about um, when, when, we, when we're allowed to talk about it. Uh, and it, we're, now we're getting into the actual... Um, the bits of c content that are on Fancy themselves and making them the, the images themselves more rich and more dynamic so that they're not p potentially not just a static image, but also some dynamic experience inside the images as well. That's coming uh, in, in September with an incredible luxury brand. So we're trying to figure it out and we're trying to talk to interested consumers and you know, authoritative people to try to help us figure it out. We'd love to figure it out. We thank you guys so much. JB Smooth. Thank you all. Joe. Doug, thank you. Dirk. And Emily.